Ladies and gentlemen, casual sports talk fans from around the globe. Maybe, are we, are we calling them fans? You know what? We're going to find a name for our fans, I promise. Uh, for now, you guys are the casual sports talk fans. But like, just like, you know, Barstool, they have their stoolies. We're going to find a name for our fans. We're going to make it appropriate. We're going to get you guys the best that we can get. Um, so yeah, with that great introduction, I guess, somewhat. Welcome to the second episode of Bracket Busters. Uh, once again, I am Ethan. I'm a one-third of the Cadre Sports Talk crew, but I am really here specifically with this mini-series to talk to you guys about March Madness. I mean, it's coming up real soon. Selection Sunday is almost a week away, so... Sorry, I had to get some water. Selection Sunday is almost a week away, uh, just over a week, I believe. So, realistically, I'm not going to be able to do all the teams before, but I'm going to get a couple done, to, a couple of the big teams, and then... When the brackets come out, when Selection Sunday happens, I'm going to hop on for a huge, massive preview show um, where we're going to cover all of the games. I'm going to give my personal predictions, and then maybe we can get Brady and Rap on here to get some of their thoughts on some teams, because I know Brady's um, a very corrupt Michigan Wolverines fan. Okay. You know what? I'll give it to him. I don't know if they'll go far, but I'll give it to him. Um, so once again, I'm grabbing... Um, I'm grabbing my seeds from Joe Lenardi's um, bracketology bracket from ESPN.com just because there's no official bracket yet. So these are all like hypothesis and guesses and stuff. And you know what? He's a good guy. He gets paid for a reason. He makes the big bucks for a reason. And I mean, a lot of these seeds make sense. So uh, his latest bracket was actually updated the day I'm recording this, February 28th. Uh, you guys are probably listening to this on March 1st. So happy March, guys. March is a great month. No, it's not my birthday month, but... Still a great month. Um, so update into his twenty uh, February 28th bracket. Most of them really stayed the same, including including all four number ones from last episode. So Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, and Kansas, they all stayed the same. Uh, now I'm going to be going over the two seed. So um, teams that actually could be number one, maybe dropped lower. But anyways, Leonard already has another two right now. In the south, he has the Purdue Boilermakers. In the east, he has the Duke Blue Devils. In the west, he has the North Carolina Tar Heels. And in the Midwest, he has the Michigan State Spartans. So, let's go over this just like we did last week, team by team. I'm going to talk to you a bit about the team, tell you what I like, tell you what I don't like, and uh, I'll give an early prediction as to what I think they'll do in the tournament. Let's go to Purdue first. Um, currently, they're ranked 8th in the nation as I'm recording this, so every kind of ranking and overall I give you is as I record this. Things change all the time, so if you're listening to this on Friday, March 2nd, or Saturday, March 3rd, it's very possible that the uh, their record might change. I don't think their ranking changes till every Tuesday, if I'm pretty sure. They think the AP releases a, a new poll every Tuesday, but I'm not really sure about that. So as of right now, they're ranked 8th in the nation. 26-5 and five overall, 15-3 uh, and three in the Big Ten, so it's second best in their conference. What's great about them this season is uh, they could reach a 30-win season, realistically. If they win... They went out at the Big Ten Conference. I'm pretty sure they could reach 30 wins, which has not happened in program history ever. So it's a great accomplishment for them. At one point, they had the, like, the nation's longest win streak at 19 games. They didn't lose from February 20, uh, sorry, they didn't lose from November 24th all the way until February 7th. So that's a span of a couple months, right? It's 19 games. They, they didn't lose longest win streak in the nation. After that, they kind of came back down to planet Earth lost three in a row, so show that they are they are still human, right? They're not like a superhuman team. They they show that they could be beat, which 
when March comes around, any team could be beat, really. It's uh, very unlikely. It's very not often that you see a, a team go undefeated all season. When you see it, it's a great thing. Um, but yeah, so they did lose three in a row. They should make it to the Big Ten Championship, uh, presumably against Michigan State. It's my prediction. Um, it should happen. If it doesn't, then one of these teams is getting upset, right? Because they're both great teams. Uh, so positives for them, they are very efficient from the field, and they move the ball extremely well. Uh, 16th highest field goal percentage in the nation, 17th most assists per game. So that's their biggest strength, right? Their good decision-making is their biggest strength. They know how to bring the ball up properly. They know how to rotate, move the ball around, and they only take good shots for the most part. Um, they're led by Carson and Vincent Edwards. No, they are not brothers. Uh, but they have the chemistry like brothers. I mean, they work really well together. Uh, Purdue's a team that could beat you from many angles. It's not like the Purdue team that was uh, three-ranked like two, three years ago. They were only, right, they can only uh, rebound and beat you in the post. This team could beat you from many angles. So Vincent Edwards, uh, great in the key, can clean up on the glass. He's a fantastic rebounder. And then you uh, throw the ball out to Dakota Mathias. I mean, he could turn it on at any point from deep. And they really have this new added um, part to their game that can force team to game plan for not just crashing the middle and uh, checking out the key and leaving that open three because they have a guy who can hit it now. Um, they've seemed like such a solid bet all season, right? I mean, especially on their 19-game win streak. The recent form kind of worries me. Again, it shows me that three losses, they could lose to some teams. Uh, I mean, hopefully they're going into the Big Ten tournament with a strong... Sorry, hopefully they're going into the NCAA tournament with a strong Big Ten tournament win against presumably Michigan State, so it's going to add to their resume. Um, their biggest key for them to win, I think, is kind of know your strengths, play your game, and don't lose confidence, right? I mean, their game is is what uh, is what beat 19 teams in a row, I mean, including Arizona, which was number two at the time, and Michigan twice, which is always a tough, tough opponent. So Purdue, play your game, and I really think that uh, you can go far in this tournament. All right, let's move on to Duke. Um, probably like one of the most public teams in college basketball. Duke really is like a name that non-fans will know, right? If you ask like someone who doesn't know college basketball, name me three college basketball teams. They'd probably say Duke, they'd probably say Kansas, and they'd probably say North Carolina. Um, if someone could fact check me and test that, let's try that out. Um, Producer Lloyd, if you want to find some local New Zealanders who don't know much about college basketball and ask them, be my guest. But Duke always puts up a good team. Um, I mean, Coach K is one of the greatest coaches of all time, especially in college basketball. So he always produces uh, good results with whatever team kind of is at his disposal. Right now, they're fifth in the AP polls, 24-6 and six overall, second in the ACC with a 12-5 and five record. And they're really led by one, uh, one of the big star freshmen, the center of the one-and-done movement, who's going to be realistically a top three like NBA draft candidate if you guys don't know him then you will Marvin Bagley the third the man's averaging a double double he's averaging 20 point 20 plus points per game 10 plus rebounds per game it's absolutely like insane the the difference maker that this guy is and he's very versatile very athletic you can honestly get away with playing him at the five you can probably get away with playing him at the two if you have your big man line about Marvin Bagley is just a freak specimen um, as I'm saying this, he's getting back from injury. I think uh, their game against North Carolina this weekend is going to be his first game back. So take these next couple of games to see whether he's fully healed and ready to make the same impact he did at the beginning of the season 
or if he's just kind of 75% there, and that could be a weakness for them going into the tournament. Um, I look at it kind of similar to the Kyrie situation from uh, 2011, but, I mean, Kyrie didn't play all year, then he came back for the tournament. Bagley has played all year. Just looking at the Kyrie situation, that year they made it to the Sweet 16, so who knows, that might be another indication that, oh, maybe this year with that star freshman as well... Sports, a lot of coincidences always happen, so you could always like be mindful of that and just look out for that and see, oh, this happened one year, so it might happen this year. It's very possible. Um, I truly think that Duke probably has one of the best starting five in college basketball. Uh, their starting five literally consists of all NBA talent, so Marvin Bagley, Grayson Allen. Yes, he trips people, but I believe Grayson Allen could actually be a role player on, uh, on someone's team, on uh, one of the team's. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., Wendell Carter, Trevor Duval. They're all NBA-caliber talent. So that's starting five, which, by the way, plays the most minutes. Like, their bench doesn't really rotate in that much. But that's probably one of their downfalls, realistically. But uh, that starting five is really full of NBA-caliber talent. So hats off to them. They have a great team. Can't even argue. Uh, Where they'll beat you, they'll beat you in the rebounds. Second most rebounds per game in the country. Just Bagley and Carter, the four and five, like nine times out of 10, I'm sure they're rebounding you. So if you want to beat them, you're realistically going to have to take smart shots and box them out. Uh, teams with like high field goal percentages or teams with very tall big men might be able to put up a fight and might be able to upset Duke. I do have con- some concerns, right? They've had some big losses. Um, remember I explained to you guys what RPI was last week, so I'm not going to re-explain it. Just check out the episode from last week. But they're 3-2 and two versus uh, top 50 RPI teams. Not that great. Uh, when they were away from home, not that great. They were 6-5 and five on the road all season. So when you're away from their home fans and everything, it, <coughs> the tournament, who knows how they're going to perform, right? Um, Joe Lenardi has them as a two-seed here. So I did some background research. Two out of the three last times they entered the tournament as a two-seed, they didn't make it out of the round of 32. Uh, Duke has had some championships, right? They've had some some success, but they are known for inconsistent tournament play. One year, they can make it to the round of, uh, to the Elite Eight, and the next year, not make it out of the round of 64. It's happened before. It can happen again. Realistically, uh, I believe that they will go far. Maybe the Sweet 16, maybe the Elite Eight, who knows? But the thought is always in my mind that, like, the randomest team can upset them. Like, uh, I don't know, some... Random uh, 15 seed from like the Sun Belt can, uh, can upset them. And it's always in the back of my mind when I'm making my picks. And it should be with you guys too. So let's go to another one of the two seeds, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Sorry guys, gotta get that water. Water's good. Shout out to water. Probably our main sponsor on the podcast is water. Uh, it doesn't pay us, but keeps me hydrated. So thank you, water. If you're listening to this water, you're the best. Thank you. So the Tar Heels, ranked ninth in the nation right now, as we speak again, uh, twenty-two and eight overall. So they're not like the they don't have a better record than Duke. They don't have a better record than any of the teams on here. They're eleven and six in conference play, which is third best in the ACC. And probably their biggest issue this year specifically is they can't close big games. Uh, one of their biggest wins was against Duke earlier in the season. I believe it was at uh, at Chapel Hill, so they weren't they were it was a home game. It's probably what took them over the edge, and hopefully they could do it again and prove to the nation that they're coming in to this tournament hot. 
I mean, they just lost to Miami a couple days ago by a buzzer beater, right? But they didn't play the best game. And they won the previous six before. So we'll see if the Miami game was like a hiccup or if they're actually starting to lose their edge. Uh, another issue, seven of their eight losses this season versus top 50 RPI teams. So when I say you can't close the big game, it's if you come up against a one seed in the Elite Eight, uh, seven out of the eight losses you had was against those teams that could be one seeds, two seeds, three seeds, four seeds, like even some five seeds. So you got to watch out for that. Uh, top 50 RPI teams have their number. And I really think that this Carolina team is probably like the weakest in terms of personnel comparing to the last, what, three years ever since their um, ever since their finals appearance against Villanova. That team uh, going into last year's team that won the championship. I think this year's team's kind of taken a step back. Um, in the era of the one and dones, I have to say, like strong teams don't stay together that often. But the team that formed three years ago that made the finals... Uh, they stayed together actually for longer. I don't think there are many one and dones. Like Joel Berry could have went last year. He stayed this year. Uh, Luke May and Theo Pinson. That those are the only three guys left, really, that make a difference. So, in terms of name value, I would probably put that them to have the weakest team that they've had in the past three years. Let's go to their strengths now. Um, one of the guys I just mentioned, the emergence of Luke May. Uh, he's had a fantastic season. And this guy's playing 32 minutes a game. He's one of the focal points of the offense, and he's still averaging like over 50% shooting from the field, along with 10 rebounds per game. So I really think he's doing it all for them. Him and Joel Berry are putting the team on, on their back, which could be another one of the downfalls, right? If you can limit Berry in one game, if Joel Berry has an off game and it's up to Luke May to put the team on his back, I don't think that he can do it. Same thing with Luke May. If he has an off game, I don't think Joel Berry can do it by himself. So if you want to be North Carolina... Uh, you don't have to d- necessarily limit both of the guys. Just limit one of them. But he's, Luke May specifically, is really going to be a key for them if they want to go far and challenge for another championship. Uh, like Duke, they'll out-rebound you. North Carolina is top in rebounds per game. Duke was second. Uh, like Purdue, North Carolina can move the ball extremely well. So they take parts from other great teams and kind of integrate them to their own team. And it's it's very... It's a, they always put up a very consistent team. And shout out to Roy Williams on that. He's a tremendous coach. He's very consistent in tournament play. I mean, they've reached like their regional final, what, eight times since he's become coach in 2003. So at the end of the day, I really don't see them being one of the two seeds that gets upset, right? By like a 15 seed or like a, an 11 seed or whatever. But they can lose to a good team if they come up against them in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. So the second they come up against like anywhere from a five seed to a one seed, depending on the teams... If it's a strong five seed like Texas Tech might be, I think that they can lose to Texas Tech, if I'm being honest. But if it's like a weak five seed, like I saw Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee has the best team this year. Uh, Florida, right? Florida's really one-dimensional. So if it's like one of those teams that I think they could beat them, uh, just you have to watch this game this weekend with Duke. It's very big for both of the teams. Uh, Really, it's going to show which team's rolling into the tournament with confidence, which team's taking a step back. So let's go to the last team real quick, the Michigan State Spartans. At the time of me recording this again, they are second ranked in the nation. So realistically, they could be a one seed, but here they're a two seed. They're 28-3 and three overall, 16-2 and two in conference. So it's the first team in the Big Ten Conference. Um, great form of, of late. They won 12 straight. I mean, when you lost like three, three games and out of 31, you would expect to have a long winning streak. 
So they've won 12 straight. They're coming and playing great basketball. They have a ton of confidence. Um, and, and it helps you more than you think when coming into the NCAA tournament to come and playing good basketball and being on a roll. That confidence can bring you the extra step that you need maybe to like close out a game. Uh, for Michigan State, you know, I talk about how like Duke's great with rebounding. Purdue's great with moving the ball around. Well, this team is probably the most well-rounded team in the country. And I will have that argument with anyone who wants to have that argument with me. I truly think that Michigan State is the most balanced team in the country. Come at me in the comments. Come at me on Twitter. Um, don't come at me in the street because that's kind of weird. But fight me on this. Not actually because I'm not that strong. And I don't like physical violence. So it's a big plus that they are the most well-rounded team in the country. I mean, they have, they're like fifth in rebounds per game, field goal percentage per game in the nation. They can dish out the most assists per game. They have most defensive rebounds per game, most blocks per game, 19th least points to gain. So it's not really a team that will beat you on offense or beat you on defense. They can beat you both ways. Plus, added bonus, stars all around this. They have that game changer star forward that you can trust with the game in his hand. Anyone ever hear of Miles Bridges? If you haven't, you should familiarize yourself. He is great. He's going to be a top 10 pick in next year's draft. He's going to make an impact to the NBA level. Um, I trust the ball in his hands with the final shot 100%. 10 times out of 10. If he misses it, okay, he misses it. He doesn't make them all. But I can't blame myself if I put the ball in his hand, if you guys understand what I'm saying. He's very versatile. He's always a combo guard forward. He's gaining comparisons to some ex-Michigan State Spartan. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, basketball fans. This guy Draymond Green. Yeah, he was another Michigan State Spartan. So he's gaining comparisons to him probably because of the school, but also because he can. he's very well offensively rounded and defensively rounded. I mean, he can. when he gets to the NBA level, you have to refine his game a bit. But for college, he's fantastic. He has not lost a single stride from his freshman season. Almost with the exact same numbers. Very close. And again, he's a guy that with the game in, with the game on the line, you can trust with the ball in his hand. Um, another difference maker, kind of low-key though, Jaron Jackson Jr., absolute stud. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. He came onto my radar kind of out of nowhere. I hadn't really heard about him. I don't know if he was highly recruited or not, but he literally came out of nowhere for me. He is rising up all the mock drafts I've seen, quickly becoming one of the analysts' favorite guys to talk about. He is really good. So you're going to have to see what type of impact he has in tournament games. And if teams are double-teaming Miles Bridges, see if you can integrate Jaron Jackson Jr. into there. Because I truly think that, I don't know, this emergence of this freshman right here might just make it that pushes Michigan State over the top. Uh, but not all, right? Not, I'm not going to be just positive on Michigan State. Um, there are a couple knocks against this team. So the quality of teams they've come up against, I mean, they have the 118th ranked strength and schedule. So the 118th hardest schedule out of all the uh, NCAA Division I schools. Not impressive to say the least, right? They have a losing record against RPI 50 teams or better. Uh, their three losses in the season came against RPI top 50 or better. Uh, Duke, Ohio State, and Michigan. So, I mean, your three losses against three amazing teams. Um, you've only beat two top 50 RPI teams doesn't look that great right it doesn't look good on paper so it raises a ton of questions about credibility a ton a ton uh, it should not be the main reason you don't pick them if you don't pick michigan state to go far because 
oh, their three losses were against three great teams. They only beat the bad teams. Like, why would I pick them? You know what? If they lose, they lose. But it's not going to be because of that. It's, In my opinion, it's not a reason why you shouldn't pick them. It's on you, right? It's your bracket. You can do whatever you want. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Especially if they beat Purdue in the Big Ten tournament. That raises their credibility, right? So watch out for that game. Another big game. I mean, two number two seeds, North Carolina against Duke and Purdue against Michigan State. It's going to be a great weekend for college basketball. Um, at the end of the day, out of the four number two seeds that are very possible, I am most comfortable picking Michigan State to win it all. I would pick them over Purdue. I'd pick them over North Carolina. I would pick them over Duke. I am truly, truly saying if there's if this is the bracket and there's a number two seed that I'm picking to win it all, I'd go with Michigan State. Um, again, we're going to have to see what happens when the bracket's out, but I am very confident about this Spartan team. If they lose in the round of 32, then what do I know? I'm an idiot. But again, it's it's the tournament. Anything could happen. They lose, they lose. I, I understand that. It's not really something you can predict, right? If they're a two seed, you can't really predict they're losing to a 15 seed because for the most part, it really doesn't happen. Except for Duke, what, three years ago, I think? Anyways, uh, this is going to end the second episode of Bracket Busters. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I'm going to be trying to release another episode later this week. And I'll try to get maybe five, six episodes in before the big one comes. The granddaddy of them all, Selection Sunday. Remember to stay tuned. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Just search up our name. Subscribe to us on Twitter, at CasualSportsPod. Uh, follow us on Instagram, at CasualSportsTalk. Follow us on every social media site you can because when we have a contest of any of anything or we have another episode or something, information to release to you guys, it's going to be ready and available for you at every single social media outlet that you guys check. Even Snapchat. We have a Snapchat. Brady doesn't control it, thank God. Or else you guys would be getting videos of his dog. But we have a Snapchat. Make sure to add us. And again, I want to thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to just talk my talk, you know, just let my feelings be known, and especially when it comes to college basketball, a sport that I, I do love and I'm very passionate about, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Next episode, I'll come be coming with you the number three seeds. Hopefully nothing doesn't change from now until then, and you guys can be expecting the third episode sometime this weekend, maybe, as long as I can push it out. Uh, midterms are done soon, thank God. But yeah, thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart, from the Casual Sports Talk crew, we're out. Take care, guys. All the best.